Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And Hi. Hi. There we go. There we go. <laughs> First, Rob almost called the microphone a microwave. Yes. Yes, I did. That was funny. <laughs> but we have the microphone set up mm-hmm. here on another glorious Saturday morning. Gaming microwave. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we are now safer at home instead of supposed to stay at home according to the man according to the man which i'm sure we'll have some thoughts on here at some point but so we're uh here we are safer at home with z hi so what do you got for us today man neuvern gx Ooh, neuvern gx huh it it uh has 120 hit points it's a dragon type uh, it evolves from Noibat, which is its first stage. How many hit points does it have? 200. Yeah, okay. You said 120. Yeah. You're shortchanging them by 80. Okay. Sorry for that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners will forgive you, buddy. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. 
Its attacks are Distort, Sonic, Volume, and Boom Burst GX. Ooh. Uh, Distort does 50 damage, Sonic Volume does 120 damage, and Boom Burst GX does no damage. Just does some weird stuff to him. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy looking bat looking thing with like jets on its back, huh? Is that what these are? No. No, what is that? His ears? Yeah. Oh. I'm not sure what what that made. Yeah, I think they just made the cool detail mm. for his ears. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So. Its weakness is or is fairy types, and its resistance is nothing. Nothing. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, cool, man. What uh, what else did you do this week? Um, I played in the pool with my friend Iris, and when I got out, I was an ice cube. I say, well, I was just gonna ask, was that water kind of chilly? Yeah, his lips were turning blue last night when we got him home. Yeah, my I teeth. Could see that. Yeah, my teeth. <laughs> I was shaking at the and at the same time, my teeth were chattering. I was like, Yep, good old cold training yeah, to the extreme. It's good for the immune system. Yeah, I came across him. I went to go get him uh, for dinner, and him and his buddy were in the pool filling it up, and they had these straws, and they had the idea that they were going to breathe underwater through these straws. (laughs) And it just was not working. Can't imagine why. So, but yeah, it was, uh, while they were motivated, like they were like, oh yeah, we got to do this, we got to do this. And, you know, they, they weren't cold at all, or at least they weren't letting on. But as soon as it was like, all right, man, look, we're done. I got to go. We got to go home for dinner. And as soon as, like, the, the switch flipped from, like, fun time to, like, oh, man, they were both like, oh, I'm freezing, I'm freezing. It was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing some bike riding and bike jumping. Oh, you got a new trick. What can you do now that you couldn't do before? I went to, sh- well... I want to show Rod. You want to show him? Surprise me. All right. 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 It'll be a surprise. I can just, you can just plug your ears so you can't hear. No, it's all right. We'll we'll save it for next week. The listeners will have something to anticipate, to look forward to. Hold on. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, all right, we'll show Rob and then we'll, we'll talk about the new skill next week. Sweet. So, how's the jumping going? Uh, really good, actually. Is it? Because I got wider handlebars and uh, new gear. Narrower handlebars. Well, you're able to... Same handlebars, but he can grab closer in. Because he was getting, uh, like, headaches and shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're, it's like doing a bunch of, like, like snatches versus doing, like, some cleans. Uh-huh. Right, like it's harder to get your your back and your traps into it. Like the wider your right, hands wider are. grip, it's really trap intensive. When yeah, you're yeah. yeah. And there's just a lot of so he uh, so yeah, the, the handlebars that he had on his bike were too wide. So I took some uh, old grips that I had that were longer, so he could grab further inboard. And then he had a grip shift, like the one with the twist grip. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a fan of those for like any sort of rowdy riding. And so uh, I, I took that off and then I put a, uh, where did I get it? I don't know. I had a, a shifter from one of my old bikes 
and so we got it all hooked up but it had a this it's a nine speed shifter and but he's got like a six speed cassette and so i uh, just had to set it up so he's only got like the top like three or four gears mm-hmm. but he doesn't need he never uses like the easiest gear like he's not like climbing trying to climb something super steep. yeah he's trying to go fucking fast and hit jumps so we're uh so yeah that was our modification but now that his hands are narrower and he can grab further in it uh doesn't hurt Sweet. amazingly enough yeah so it's a good thing your dad's smart with all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yep yeah, I think that's about it, man. So, anything else you want to share? Two computers broke down with me trying to do my schoolwork. <laughs> yes, we did have two computers fall apart. One computer didn't turn on and the other one went charge. Hmm. Yeah, we had an old one, the old laptop we were letting him use for his schoolwork, and then it just stopped working. And uh, I think it has Windows 7 on it. So that'll give you some idea of pretty old. fucking how old it is, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so we called the school to see if they had any more Chromebooks because they were just like giving out Chromebooks to people and you can't find the cheap ones online. And so they were like, oh yeah, we got one for you. You can come and pick it up. And, and so then- we go and get it, man. It's this like beat up piece of crap that like one of the key sticks and like, you know, it's, and it doesn't hold the charge. And yeah. the, and yeah. the, and the K is just held down. Yeah. So it's like, thanks. I mean, you know, if you have nothing and I guess, you know, you gotta, but anyway, so yeah, that didn't uh, work. And so now we're, he's just using one of our computers. I'm uh, just using Monk's computer. Yeah. Right you know, just got a little bit more to get through and we'll be done. Like two weeks. Yep. That's good. Yeah. What what book are you and your dad reading right now? Don't you usually read them a book at night? Well, they just finished or him you, and, you and Kiela just finished their their series. What's it called? Uh, Gregor the Overlander. The first book is called Gregor the Overlander, and there's much, much, much more. Is there? So yeah, is it a good good series? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to, you guys should start reading it. Okay. Well, we'll I'll think about that. We'll think about it. We're going to have a book club meeting with you. Discuss <laughs> the inner meanings of... Gregor the Overlander. Gregor the Overlander. So, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to start a book. I'm going to find something. i got a couple in mind. No, we're not going to read Gregor the Overlander. <laughs> Again. Again. So. All right, man. Well, we're going to start... Talking some jujitsu and stuff. So. Appreciate the update, man. I'm trying to tell you back. Thank you. All right. We will uh, see you later. You going to do some jujitsu rounds with us today? Um, no. I'm going to hit you with the banana splits, buddy. No. You better get warmed up. I'll get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. See ya. What are you doing, Aka? In or out? Go. Alright, we've been abandoned by everybody. For now. Oh! Alright. Okay, so another Saturday. Got some more. Gonna go do some grumpy guy, a little training. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. A little tired and beat up, but that's good. Yeah, had a few good rounds last night. So, 
Anyways, here we are. Here we are. Day fucking whatever of the... <laughs> of the pandemic. Of the pandemic here. So, yeah. I actually have, like, uh, some training shit, but we'll get our coronavirus rantings out of the way real quick. But, so, yeah, we were looking at the, the rules that are in place here in Mesa County because we're now under a safer home. And then Mesa County got cleared, actually, to start opening up sooner because, like, we've got like no outbreak here at all and so the officials released their paper released their uh their plans for it and we were reading through it this morning there's some fucking interesting stuff in there like just from not even necessarily the rules but like there was a paragraph in there where they touched on the quote-unquote legality of all of this stuff and you hadn't seen it, man. I told you, like, read that. Well, I read it, and then I just, I just kind of, like, really, I just kind of surfaced read it, and I was like, okay, you know, because it's just a bunch of legal. The way they word it, right? They don't word it to be understood super easily. Like, you got to put a little bit of thought into it. Yeah. And then you, and once you start thinking about it more, you're like, oh, this is not good. No. It's it, kind of frightening. It is not kind, not kind of frightening. It is frightening. Yeah, and it just, it's so. Um, yeah, I can't remember who I was listening to or reading the other day. They were talking about the subject in particular on um, why uh, governments choose to make everything like uh, so convoluted when they write up these laws. Right. They do it with the with the intention. It gives them wiggle room for their interpretation. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, comes time to enforce or prosecute, they're like, "Well, this is this is how we interpret this." Right. And, and, dude, that's such bullshit. The like, laws should just be. Cut and dry. Here's what you can do. Here's what you fucking can't do. I understand not everything's black and white. There's all yeah. even if you say something like that, like you can't wear blue pants, right? They're, what's they're, blue? Yeah, what's blue? Right? I, I get it. You know what I mean? There's always room for interpretation because we're humans and yeah. we're, we're paying. Well, that's where we have the the judges. That's why that's where we have the third branch of government. Is like okay, no, this is how a reasonable person would interpret this shit. Right. So, you know, you guys knock it off. Whoever's trying to, to push it or whatever, uh, knock it off. And, you know, that's how, I mean, like desegregation was an example of that. It's right. like, you know, it's like, fuck no, dude. Like you guys, you're interpreting it one way and you guys interpret it another way. And, and we're saying like, no, this is how we're fucking interpreting it. And that's why I said, you know, weeks ago that really where this is going to come down is in the courts. Like, right now, this is, like, the first shot in the whole thing. And it's more like, where are the courts going to come down, right? Like, where are the, like, Boogeyman, right? He got his uh, ticket for a 1000 bucks, And when he fights that, is that going to get thrown out or is that going to get upheld? And that's the real, where the real battleground is. Because that's going to set the precedent for what happens going forward with this shit. But right now, we're in this, like, the, the like, the gray zone, like you said, like, they're saying this, but you read the rules and you're like, well, you know, maybe you can interpret it this way. And that's why it's like, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. And then we're going to end up in front of a judge. A bunch of people are going to end up in front of a judge. And uh, was it Tanner Rice who yep. opened? Tanner Rice who opened his school out in California. His school. So he might end up with in front of a judge, you know, fighting the uh, fighting whatever. But that's that's kind of where we find ourselves, and like you said, like that's that's why we're at this point because these things are a little ambiguous, 
and so the, the 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 man can interpret it this way and say this is what we're doing and until you get the judge to fucking rule on it we're just in this like weird like huh weird limbo like what what is legal like what can we do but yeah man do that fucking order i have it pulled up here like i'm not gonna read the whole damn thing but yeah you, you're gonna read that per- that one paragraph we we're talking about yeah just like touching on it to, real quick it's it's a scary paragraph what the fuck is it legal authority so they list like these statutes that themselves we looked at and are kind of like, it's like, is this really what this means? Mm-hmm. Right? Because this is their interpretation of what these statutes mean. They have these statutes, they list them and say, this is what makes this legal. And so their interpretation is that under this authority, the Mesa County Public Health Director, who's an unelected fucking public official, right, has the duty to investigate and control the causes of epidemic or communicable diseases uh, to establish, maintain, and enforce isolation and quarantine, to exercise physical control over the property and over persons of the people within the within Mesa County, and to prohibit the gatherings of people to protect the public health, all as the public health director may find necessary for the protection of the public health. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much like what it says. And again, like you read it at first and you don't, it's like, okay, you can glance over that. But once you start thinking about it to what that really says. Yeah. Or at least like what that interpretation right. says, because then we looked up one of the rules and, and one of the rules says under quarantine, they left that out. Like they left out that like the law, like you have to label something as being quarantined for them to be able to exert physical control over it. Uh, you know, we looked up the actual statute, and that's what it says. They they left out part of that fucking rule in their interpretation because it very clearly says that this is in the case of quarantine, that he has this power to quarantine, and in the case of quarantine, to uh, to have physical control to do these things. Like, we're not under quarantine. I will argue this, though. Kind of on the same way you can argue all this shit. Are we under a degree of quarantine? Right? Does but, but you'd have to put the label on. See, and this is where right. like you you have to label it quarantine for that law to go into effect. But technically, that's what I'm saying. Are we under we may be under that label. Is a safer at home a type of degree of quarantine? No, because they're very careful. They don't want to use that word. They've been very careful and specific to not use that word quarantine because it carries a different weight. Right. You're like you can't just quarantine the entire fucking nation, right? Like if you're gonna quarantine, quarantine means to isolate. Like that's one of the problems. Like if they would have quarantined fucking people, like the people at risk, instead of just putting this or, or like quarantining people in, uh, like in New York City or areas that have like large dense pop or like a you know high densely dense. Population density. <laughs> there you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. Right. <laughs> if we would have put some like quarantines into place in some specific areas instead of this blanket stay at home, that's not a quarantine, right? And like they were very fucking specific about that. And uh, I remember like the mayor of New York, old Cuomo, like started to lose his shit when Trump suggested that they might put a quarantine on New York. And it's like no, you can't. You're not fucking quarantining us. And so, like, you have, it's a serious thing to put that label of quarantine on. And so, we're not under quarantine. 
And so, like, that rule doesn't apply. Like, they fucking left it out. But either way, like, what that law says, or what their interpretation of it says, is that if some unelected public official, the, the health director, decides that we're in fucking danger... The Constitution just basically goes out the window. No, he he has control over your physical control over your property. Dude, that is king like powers. Yeah. That's old school king like powers. The only thing that he's missing there is like the fucking right of first night, whatever. Like he gets to sleep with the the bride on the first night, right? Like that's about the only thing missing from that. The, the difference between that and like what kings could do. Mm-hmm. Exercise physical control over you and your property. Prohibit the gatherings of people. Like, holy shit. And, of course, everyone's like, well, you know, in the case of whatever, like, oh, it's, it's for the safety, man. And it's like, but, like, you know, fuck, dude. That can be used against you. Right? Like, you were talking about that one thing. Like, you know, would you you know, uh, give up a certain law or like, you know, like how is it yeah, phrased? Yeah, I forget exactly how it was phrased, but this is a pretty famous thing. And this is way back, yeah, old days, like 18, 1900s, they were talking about, uh, would you forgo the law to go after the devil? Yeah. And the guy was like, yes, of course I would. He's like, would you really? Because when that devil stops running and turns around and comes back at you, you're going to want that law in place. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's the premise of it. Right. They, because yes. So right now you think like, oh, somebody having those kind of power and that kind of authority is great right okay. now because we're chasing this devil, and so we're gonna overlook this thing called the Constitution and all these other things to fucking chase him. But like one day that motherfucker may turn around, mm-hmm. and they may be like overstepping. Like you don't want those laws in place, man. You don't want those things there that allow people to get those kind of fucking powers, like, unchecked. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, anyways, that was interesting, like, reading that and being like, oh, this is where they think they're deriving their legal authority from. And then when you read the actual laws, again, you find out, like, eh, maybe? Like, this is going to end up in front of a judge, and a judge is going to determine this because people are going to push it. I mean... You know, I mean, our, you know, Kevin's talking about opening up, you know, he's one of many, many, uh, school owners out there. They're like, what was Tanner Rice's Tanner, quote well, or whatever? I don't have it in front of me, but basically his quote was, we have two options. We either stay shut down, lose our business and you know, file for bankruptcy, or we open up our doors. He said, those are two choices. So we open up our doors and... We, you know, take the chance of the legal ramifications. You know, he says he feels we're being safe, responsible adults. You know, it's, you know he's not just doing it belligerently. Yeah. But it's like, it's either that or lose his business and lose yeah. his livelihood. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? You're forcing, you're forcing somebody's hand. These are the things that are going to happen. And yeah, that, that, that's what's going to need to happen. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be the only one, man. I think that no, over not. the next few weeks, you're going to see more and more people just kind of saying, look, I got to I gotta open up. Like, this isn't a way to live. This is fucking nonsense. Especially if you're living in an area that doesn't have a huge outbreak. A huge outbreak. Like, there's nowhere, I, I can't think of any area like ours in the country that's been overwhelmed. You know, mm-hmm. like everywhere that's having problems... And even then, they've been manageable. Like, nowhere has the hospital system fucking shut down. Nowhere have we run out of fucking ventilators, right? But where you are having problems, 
are not in rural uh, areas with low population density and, and things like that. So, like, it just doesn't make any sense to fucking keep forcing this shit, which is why we're moving past it. Like, we're really lucky, man. Like, we're one of a handful of uh, areas in the country that are actually kind of pushing, is, is fucking, you know, weird as that is, and, and we still have rules we got to follow. Dude, there's areas that are talking about not even starting this shit until, like, June. Mm-hmm. There's another just, month, you know, because what's today, May 2nd? Yeah. So, another, like, uh, month. Another month, at least. Of fucking stay at home. It's not sustainable, man. No. You can't do this. People, like, again, you're forcing, just like we talk about Tanner Rice, or even our friend Kevin, our friend and coach Kevin, like, yeah, we're at this point now to where, dude, this you know this is this is people's livelihoods. Yeah, and you got to do it. I mean, shit and, matters, man. And it's not being unsafe. It's not no. just it's not being unsafe to your students, your members, to the public at, at as a whole. I mean, again, you can't take the same solution to all these different problems. Like one solution for Denver, Detroit. New York, we're at all these densely populated areas. It's not the same solution we need here. It's just not. And to, yeah, it's just it's ignorant to think that that's the right course of action. Well, it's just yeah. You see though that like it's being cast that way. Like anyone who's trying to like push it is, you know, just like oh my god, like you're putting everyone in danger and you don't care about other people's. Uh, health you're being selfish, and, being and, selfish and, and all these yeah all these fucking labels and it's like dude maybe they're just staring into the abyss and they're trying to figure out how am i going to feed my family for the fucking next six months mm-hmm. and you know i got a business that i put years into that's uh i'm looking at losing like you know that is like, that's a powerful motivating factor and you're you're you, you want to you don't want to put people at risk but you're like what the fuck am i supposed to do and yeah, so it's a it's gonna be an interesting next few weeks, kind of see what what happens. Um, but I just dude, the fucking hysteria, like it's still like man, you know. Here's the thing too, like all oh, this is I realize this, because this is what's one of the things that's fucking annoying the shit out of me with all like the Amazon workers and all this fucking shit about you know strikes strikes and, and all this stuff. Is it's like listen the goal. Was what? What was the goal of this? To, for no one to get sick and for this to go away? No. Why do we do this? What, what was, it was the flatten curve. To flatten the curve. That was what we were sold on, right? Mm-hmm. Flatten the curve. What we can't have is the medical system getting overwhelmed and shut down because of COVID-19 patients, right? Correct. That's what we got sold on. And so, but somehow it's fucking shifted from flatten the curve so we got to keep everyone safe. Have you noticed that? I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I see where you're going with it. It's yeah. like, that's what it's about. It's like, it's not about flattening the curve, realizing like, no, this is going to run its course. We're going to lose people, but we just got to flatten the curve so the medical system doesn't collapse. So like, we got to keep everyone as safe as possible. Oh my God, these poor Amazon workers that are, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, we all got to wear masks to keep everybody else safe. And it's like, what about, wait, 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 we flattened the curve, man. You we know? accomplished our task. We accomplished they, the task. But they just moved the goalposts. Yes, right? they've mm-hmm. changed the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, this is, we got to keep everybody safe. And this is why we're doing stuff, to keep everybody safe. It's like, man, no, they, they changed 
the fucking it, it was interesting how they did it right the original argument of flatten the curve slowly morphed into we got to keep everybody safe and those are not the same things mm. like trying to keep everyone safe is impossible that's an impossible task that's going to bankrupt everyone so we got to get back to like this flatten the curve and we've done that or in some places the curve never fucking appeared well we yeah they it was under the guise of like shoring up our defenses like we see this enemy advancing we need to shore up our defenses we need to build moats and walls yes. and get everybody he's ready. gonna kick ass he's Kill, killing people he's killing people. we just gotta yeah. slow down the fucking progression yeah. so, so it doesn't down, overwhelm us right and we've accomplished that we shored up our defenses we were prepared yep that's it that's it now we should okay we we are prepared if this enemy makes another advance at us, but let's get back to life and running. But now they just shifted it. Okay, we showed up our defenses, but that's not enough. Well, now we need to just really just nerf the world and protect everybody. Yeah. At what at what cost? Yes. And that's where like the you know the power thing, right? People that have been given power to flatten the curve. How do you keep it once the curve has been flattened? Well, you give this almost impossible goal of keep everyone safe we got to keep everyone safe and it's like well what does that mean like you know that's the other thing too like that smacks like you know you get these these uh that's one of the um hallmarks of these liberal fucking crybabies is they don't have specific things they want to see right they're like i want to end police brutality we all do we all what does that mean Mm-hmm. right like that that's a fucking typical that was one of those things with Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. that I never liked about him is he never had specific things it had nothing to do with like kneeling it's like dude if you were an intelligent well-spoken person who had like specific things that you were trying to accomplish and you could articulate those things I would have been 100% behind that dude right but the reason I didn't like that guy is because I was like oh this guy's just a fucking other liberal you know dumbass who's just looking for attention like when you come out, you're just talking about I want to end police brutality, and so I'm going to kneel at the fucking national anthem. It's like you're ignorant, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You're ignorant, and and you're using this platform and stuff to get popularity, and and that's not cool, right? Like a fucking that's what I didn't like about that motherfucker. But the uh, um, what was the fucking point of calling Kaepernick? <laughs> Where'd that guy come from? Uh, but, I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just having like vague demands. Mm-hmm. Right? Or like demands that aren't really, uh, you know, like, oh, we want to improve worker safety at Amazon. Okay, what does, what that, does that mean, mean specifically? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And we got to be able to find something that's sustainable, not shutting down for two weeks every time someone comes down with it. Like, what, what the fuck can we do? But that's the problem, too, with like how the response to this, to the coronavirus is like, what is the goalpost? What specific, we, we all want to save people, we all want to flatten the curve. What's the what's the specific goal that we are looking for? That we know we've accomplished our task and we can start moving forward. What is that? Have you ever heard it? Mm. it like people yeah. won't fucking give it to you. They There's, won't give it to you because they, they don't want they don't want to accomplish it. Right. So they can say, all right, we accomplished this. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, so that you can hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Either like, hey, okay, now you can say like, okay, how are we moving mm-hmm. towards that goal? Right? We're not just doing shit. We have a specific goal. And how are we moving towards that goal? So now I can hold you accountable for both how you're doing it. And then once we achieve it, I can say, okay, we've achieved it. You know, like, what do we do from here? Like, there's, this should, you know, how do we move past this now? And like, they don't want to do that. They don't want to give a specific goal of when we see like 
X amount of infections or whatever it is. Because then you get to people, oh, like one death is too many. It's like, fuck people. Yeah, so that's all of this just, you know, smacks of this weird liberal power grabbing, let's be popular without really knowing what the fuck you're talking about nonsense. And uh, so, yeah. And then you got your gun-toting crazy motherfuckers in Michigan. Did you see that shit? What happened now? Well, I see. I saw the oh, protest. Oh, they had a protest. I saw, yeah. they, I saw the protest. They got some pictures. A few dudes showed up with their fucking guns. Oh it's yeah, an open carry state. Yeah, it's so, open carry. Yeah. Yeah. So they had the rifles and shit, and you know, it was. Uh, but yeah, it's exercising the rights to gather and bear arms. That's right. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Michigan's not taking kindly to old Governor What's Your Face's uh, orders and stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Is that like a situation kind of like here in Colorado where you have like, you know, here we've got Denver, which is, that's by far got the most, like if you take all the people in Colorado, the large, there's a huge percentage of them in Denver, mm-hmm. right? And Denver's a very liberal enclave. Mm-hmm. You get outside of Denver and it's not so liberal. No. You get into especially, a lot of conservative areas. You get a lot of conservative areas. Right. But so you mm-hmm. end up though with, Democratic governors and democratic, mm-hmm. you know, people representing the state because you have this disproportionate yeah. majority in this super liberal area that doesn't necessarily represent the entire state. And is, is that like kind of something like is going on in Michigan? Yeah, so it's so. It seems like this, you know, Detroit, you know, it's, uh, you know, she definitely seems like one of these liberal, uh, you know, I, I you know I kind I of th- know. I kind of think that model shakes itself out in a lot of states in this country, but yeah, yeah Michigan is, you know, it's there's a lot of backwoods hillbillies in Michigan. You have your densely populated. You got your Detroit, your Flint, Saginaw's, Lansing, where the capital is, and that's where uh, uh, Michigan State University is. Yeah, you know, the, the, that's where the first protest went down was at the capital was in Lansing. Um, Ann Arbor, you know, that's kind of Detroit area. You got these city populations to where it is a little more liberal. But yeah, as soon as you get outside of that, yeah, there's, it's uh, a lot of gun-toting hillbillies. <laughs> it's similar as down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really is. And so, yeah, they don't take kindly of that shit because it's not good for anybody. No, man. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Uh, but yeah, it's just been an interesting, uh, interesting thing. And then last night, we are watching The Simpsons. And it's the episode where they took Bart and Lisa away and put them in the Flanders house as a foster home. You remember that one? I do, but not like the specific Yeah, thing. I mean, but it, dude, it was another one where it was like really scary when you realize the power that the fucking government has. And they can, they can come and just take your fucking kids. Mm-hmm. Come and take your kids, man. They determine that it's fucking in their best interest to not be here. They can come and take them. Mm-hmm. That is scary shit. Again, like the the premise, it was this funny, you know, The Simpsons, it was funny. Like, you know, Bart had caught lice from uh, a monkey that, (laughs) like, Milhouse's family had bought, like, a a, a wicker, you know, a rattan, like, you know, jar-looking thing, Uh you know, and inside they'd found this monkey, Uh and Bart was playing with it and got lice. And so they had to burn his clothes and shave his head. And so he's like, they're like, you know, who lets people get lice these days? And that's like how he got it, right? Gotcha. And so, but he ends up in a fucking potato sack, <laughs> <laughs> like wearing a potato sack, looking all disheveled. 
And dude, what happened to Lisa? Oh, the kids like stole her uh, shoes and threw them up in a tree and were making fun of her. And she was walking inside because the principal called her to get checked for head lice. And like, then someone hit her in the head with a ball and she ended up biting her tongue and her hair's all disheveled and she's got no shoes on and her feet are all dirty. So she comes walking in and she's like, I need some shoes or something. And they're like, oh my God, what's going on here? And anyways, like, you know, they go and they check and grandpa's watching Maggie and that's not going well. <laughs> and it's, they're all like, oh my God, it's a terrible household. Like they just caught, you know, obviously things are the misrepresenting the situation. But at the end of it, they're like, well, this is not a safe house. And they just fucking took the kids and then drove next door and dropped them off at Flanders house. That was one where Flanders went to baptize them and Homer came flying in to save them. Took the baptism himself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyways so but yeah it is, i was watching that last night and then uh reading that shit this morning about or it was yesterday when i read that paragraph i'm just like dude what the fuck man like we have such an illusion of freedom mm -hmm. it is such an illusion it, it's non-existent it doesn't really exist like the government can basically do whatever the fuck they want whenever the fuck they want and as long as they put it under the guise of for your own good, for your own good, the, the health and safety of the public. Yeah, or then, or you know, or whatever. Of whatever, right? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They can... yeah, and again, I understand. There's times like, dude, there's an outbreak of whatever, or like, you know, yeah, you need to quarantine people. There, like, there's a reason for that, right? Like, there's the way that law is written. I agree with, which is that if you put the word quarantine on somebody because it's necessary for the public health and safety, like you they do have the right to physically enforce that quarantine. Like, I don't necessarily disagree with that, right? But to just be like, you know. Nah, it, yeah, to interpret it as, oh no, it's, it says quarantine or as we see fit. Right, like, yeah. Like, oh, we're still in this time where it's a little dangerous. We, we can still pretty much do whatever we want. Yeah. We're just going to come lock your business. You can't operate. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not the same thing. No. And so, like, you know, I see there's a time and a place for things, but... But there needs to be a fucking, like we talked about, that there needs to be a hard line in the sand. Yeah. Like, okay, we have to institute these drastic measures until we get to this goal. Okay, once that goal's up, boom, we don't have to be yeah crazy about it anymore. Yeah. But they just keep moving that. Well, they, and they won't and tell they, you what the goal is. They keep blurring that goal line. They're, They're just, just like, blurring, oh, well, yeah. in two weeks, we're going to reassess and just yeah. kind of see how we feel about the situation. Right. And it's like, what does that mean, man? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? Like, where, what determines for us where we're at? And it's, uh, I guess they have something like it's like no, I guess they do have some like thing to move forward. Like, yeah, the 14-day timeline, like the percentage of, percentage new of infections new, new or, something like or something that. like that. Yeah. So I do take that back. They have thrown something out there. But it, that just seems like, it just seems very arbitrary. And like they reserve the right to uh, change that as they see fit. So anyways, but uh, there you go, people. It's going to be interesting to see what, dude, every day is a new adventure with this thing. It is a little bit, <laughs> It huh? is. Like, you, I wake up every day just to, okay, what's going to shake out today? You know, <laughs> like, how is this going to, you know, work itself out? Yeah. This is that... Uh, that backhanded Chinese compliment of may you live in interesting times. Mm -hmm. We're definitely living in interesting we are times. Definitely living in interesting times. But uh, so yeah. Speaking of interesting though, 
hard left into some training shit. I'm reading a, a, I finished a new book uh, called The Wedge. Did I tell you about that? You, we talked, I think we talked about it last week or you told me about it. Yeah, I just mentioned it. It's the guy who wrote Whatever Doesn't Kill Us, and which was the guy who went to uh, prove Wim Hof was a fake and ended okay, up yep, hiking yep. Mount Kilimanjaro with him. Scott Carney is his name. And so the idea was is that, uh, you know, Wim, the, the wedge is, is, as he uses it, which is interesting because wedges in jujitsu are like super important. So like it, it makes a lot of sense. But he, the wedge is your ability to separate the, the stimulus from the response, right? So like you're going to get a, a stimulus from the environment, you know, and then you're going to respond to that stimulus. And then you're actually beyond responding, you're going to store a memory of that experience, right? So you basically have three things. You got the, the stimulus, the response, and then your just kind of interpretation and, and backstory of that. And so it's your ability to, to put a wedge between those things and increase that space so that you can insert what you want. And uh, so, you know, that's the how he uses the term, which is, um, I thought it was pretty interesting. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what you're trying to do with a lot of these techniques is like put a wedge between your natural response and what you, what you want to do and, and force yourself to take control of these uh, automatic responses to things. I mean, that's, that's fucking 90% of jujitsu mm-hmm. is controlling that shit. Cause your automatic response is to give up your back or like do stupid shit. And, uh, you got to learn how to control that. And it still gets hard. You still get pushed to that edge where you're like, dude, I know I should not push my arm up like this, but if I could just get a moment of fucking relief, it would be worth it, you know? And it's not. It's but not. You get Sometimes to, it pays off, though. Yeah. But, you know, you get pushed to that mental point. And that's what one of the things that makes jiu-jitsu so much fun is, like, it's all about using that, that wedge with shit. But, uh, so anyway, it's like Wim Hof had, uh, you know, tapped into a wedge that you could use the breathing and, and the cold and stuff was, a, a basically, a, a working on that wedge. And so the concept of the book was, well, let's go look and see if there's other people doing similar things that are trying to, you know, put a wedge between this situation and a normal response. And so it was a pretty interesting book. I mean, I would say, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was good. I wouldn't say like, you have to read it necessarily i don't think that you'd find anything like super groundbreaking as much as like just like oh that's fucking interesting but uh one of the things though he came across was uh kettlebell partner passing where you throw kettlebells between people no, I, i've done some stupid shit like that yeah or like you know kettlebell juggling, juggling and flips and yeah, stuff yeah. would be like the, the the solo version of yeah. that but um what was interesting though is because he was talking about uh like fear response, right? Like people who have anxiety disorders, they're just always wired. They're just always like, uh, ready to respond to whatever stimulus hits them. And so they're just like always anxious about shit. And, and so that's one of those things, like they got to learn how to put a wedge between, you know, that's sometimes you use drugs for that or whatever. And so he'd gone and talked to the, uh, a doctor who, uh, um, studies this shit and had put him through a, uh, like a virtual reality program that they use to stimulate this, you know, fear response in people and then have it in an environment, a place where they can uh, learn to control it. 
Okay, so, you know, like, somebody's scared of snakes, they can use the virtual reality to slowly introduce them to different situations with snakes, you know, the old school way would be to fucking put you in a room with snakes or whatever, you know, slowly, but the, the his point was is that uh, there was only, like, a couple of the things that happened, like, one where he, like, was walking between a building on a thin board, mm-hmm. and then the the board snapped and then he fell and he's like, you know, I could like, that was one of the times where it really like stimulated that, that rush, that fear response. And so he was looking for other ways to stimulate that. And so the idea is like, how do you find flow in these like situations that have a little bit of fear in them? And so that's how he came across kettlebell partner passing because like when you're throwing kettlebells at each other, there's just enough like, I gotta make, I gotta do this right. Yeah, pay attention. You're not running on a treadmill watching Fox News. Right. Right. Like you're mentally engaged because if you don't, like you, you know, you could get hurt, and it's probably not gonna be anything catastrophic. But there's just it's enough. Gonna suck. There's just enough yeah. to make you, you know, more aware, and you got to find flow in that awareness. But I'm reading it. And I'm like, it's fucking danger based training. That's all it is. <laughs> uh-huh. Like we've fucking been doing that uh, for a while now. For quite a while. It's a lifestyle. Uh-huh. But that, that idea of like having, I remember the first example that we came up with was swimming to the danger, island. Danger-based cardio. Danger-based cardio, man. And how, how different it was like swimming uh, when you, you know that like, man, if I panic and things fuck up, like I could drown. Mm-hmm. And there's a totally different, uh, yeah, it's a totally different thing than going to the fucking gym and swimming in the pool. Swim laps in the pool or whatever it is. So... Uh, even, yeah, so, but that, that was, I thought that was interesting. Um, but I also realized too, like mace swinging kind of falls in that. Like you don't want to get clipped by that mace. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're swinging that thing around your head or, you know, swinging clubs around or doing or stuff. Mace, yeah, yeah. Clubs. Like you really have to pay attention because those things can get away from you and fuck you up. It's not. <laughs> Knock you right in the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not sitting on a machine doing three sets of 10 or whatever. So, uh, I just thought that was interesting. Like, oh man, yeah, the danger-based training, like finding that, you know, I was talking about jujitsu does that. So, but finding those, those things that elicit a little bit of an actual, uh, you know, physical fear response. You're not just going to a gym in a nice air conditioned environment, you know, sitting in a comfortable, you know, weights around you and whatever. I know, you know, yeah, you're going for a max effort on a lift. Like there's definitely moments in, in, working out where you'll have these these uh moments uh but that's not the same it's a different it's a different uh, thing nervous man. system response for sure yeah and, yeah you know when you're on a mountain bike flying down a trail yeah or, you know or skiing or, yes it's just like the, the the threat of real physical danger or or harm uh is there it just it changes the flavor yep of it and it makes it more it up real. And you, get, you, have, you got to be tuned in. Yes. And that's really what you want to do, right? Like you're trying to figure out how do I apply these things in situations where, uh, you know, I, I can focus despite this. Like that's one of the things, one of the reasons jujitsu translates over to so many other things in life is like, man, once you learn to control your fear response, control your breathing and your heart rate, when you got some fucking gorilla on your back trying to choke you out, it, uh, it's like that line of Fight Club, right? Like when you fight, the volume on everything else gets turned way down. That's basically all it's saying. It's like, man, once you learn to control that fear response in a situation like this, like what the fuck is some asshole cutting you off in traffic, man? Like it's nothing. It's like, ah, 
you know, you still get upset about that shit, but it makes it easier. It makes it way easier. Way easier. And I, I see it all the time, almost on a daily basis at work. So there's a couple guys I'm thinking of in particular. They just, they get so like worked up and fired up about whether they make a delivery or, or you know, if they get a certain tractor or certain equipment. Like yeah. they just get, they get so worked up about so many things. And I'm just like, Oh, I was like, you don't have any sort of activity in your life. You don't have any real struggle. You don't have any real struggle to no. where you're placing a bunch of importance on this. It's like you are just getting all flustered. You know. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I'll see it. You know, you know, I drive a tractor trailer for a living, and there's sometimes where you got to back up in areas that are sketchy. You know, you're like going around a corner, and you're trying not to hit people's cars and buildings, but still, like, it's very. Low risk. I mean, yeah, right. you might you might bump into something and damage something, which isn't going to be good. You're going to have to talk to somebody yeah. about. But all in all, it's not it's not stressful. No. Like, but dude, I'll see guys that have to like we'll have certain customers to where back in there's a real pain in the ass, and you know it going there. And we'll have certain certain of my coworkers, certain drivers that just like hate going there. They'll just like refuse or just throw a shit fit if they have to get there because it's just so stressful for them. Yeah. Like really. Like, this is, you having to back something up into something is, like, just causing you so much turmoil in your life that you just can't do it. It's the worst part of their day, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's funny. I see it regularly, though. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you poor soul. Yeah, You is. don't have anything challenging you, you know? That is one thing, man. Like, people need, are, uh, are probably a little bit more on edge than normal with that shit. Dude, Callum was telling me last night that some dude was like yelling and cussing at him out at lunch loops, uh, some mountain biker. Like he had parked, I'm still not exactly sure what happened, but he said he parked somewhere, you know, I think he was waiting for one of his buddies to come down uh, the, you know, to the bottom of lunch loops and he was picking them up. And uh, like some other, he parked somewhere that he wasn't supposed to be. It was like, he said he didn't realize it or whatever. But yeah, I guess like some dude comes flying up and then like dust his car and wrote fag on it and like and by the way like callum is 6'2 225 pounds a fucking i mean i'll say the word purple belt it's more of an age thing like the guy's fucking skilled he's good super skilled uh you know what is he 18 yeah yeah <laughs> like you wouldn't just talk shit to this dude normally much less like being a fucking killer right on the mat and dude this guy was so lucky he talked to Callum because Callum's also like one of the sweetest he, he, people he, you'll he's, meet he's such a nice kid he's like a gentle giant yeah. man yeah. and uh and so yeah like I guess you know Callum was like dude what is what's the problem what's the problem and he's like find somewhere else to park next time and like started yelling at him about it and uh he's like okay man okay you know it's, it's cool and and then his uh his buddy came up and uh I don't know, somehow got involved and then, you know, called the guy a dick and the guy like fucking started freaking out. Saying, I'm going to kill you and like screaming and freaking out. And I'm just like, one, his, he was asking like, you know, have you ever had people yell at you, you know, mountain bikers yell at you? And I'm like, oh yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> of fucking cocks, dude. Like you've never met a bigger group of dickheads than cyclists in general. Um, you know, I had to explain it to him. You know, he didn't get it, right? Like, cause he's such a nice kid. He right. just doesn't understand like, why would you act like this towards another person? Especially someone who can like obviously fucking kill just you. fucking kill you, just hand you your ass, and uh, 
and, you know, I was like, no, man, it's, you know, I had to explain the whole, like, no, they got their little ego bubble. You know, they never have to like, you know, they're never challenged, right? Like we have to slap hands. Like you can say whatever you want, but eventually the mat, it's all going to come out on the mat. Mm. Like you don't have anything like that in mountain biking. Like people can think they're a great rider, you know, but they never, you know, no one's really sees them ride and they don't have to see other people ride. And, and, uh, you're, there's always an excuse, you know, I have some technology that was the reason and, you know, the trail and all this fucking stupid shit. No one's ever like has to challenge that, that ego bubble that you form. And he was like, Oh yeah, I can see that. I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, man, it's a, it's a fucking problem. And, uh, I was like, I've gotten into some altercations with people over stupid shit, but I was just laughing. I was like, dude, this guy was crazy. Like, why would he talk shit to you? And, uh, yeah, but was, he was lucky, man. Like, the Callum lucky, does Callum. jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he's lucky he's not a high-headed 18-year-old. Yeah. You know? He's be like, oh, what, old man? Fuck, like, Do you want to talk shit? Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> dude, to like, like, dust somebody's car and write fag on it. Like, you pretty much better be ready to scrap. To fight. To fight. Yeah. Like, that would be, like, the next step. Yep is like, okay, we got to fight now. Like you, you just, and it's like, why would you do that? And, you know, obviously just expecting this societal norm of people avoiding violence to save you. And so now you're going to act like this weird little like cocksucker. But I think too, just, you know, I mean, people are obviously just more edgy they're over this whole, edgy, yeah. this whole thing. But they're more edgy and people just aren't afraid of taking an ass whooped, or they aren't afraid to get their ass whooped because they know... In this day and age, like, just, it's... Well, they've never had their ass whooped. Just put it in, dude. That's probably what If you've is. ever had your ass whooped, you don't want to take, get your ass whooped. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, you, realize, you realize how bad it can go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, that's the thing with jiu-jitsu, right? Like, no matter how good you are, someone's going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, someone is going to show you, like, no, man, like, this is, like, I'm going to fucking make you feel like it's day one. Like, it can't happen. And so, yeah, you don't want an ass kicking. And so, you just... You know, just, uh, uh, along with all the other things that jiu-jitsu does for you, that's just one of the, the things that makes you just less aggressive and less likely to just go and, like, start shit with random people. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't have anything to prove. You've worked that aggression out. You also know, like, you know, you know I don't know. Dude, again, like, I don't know who that dude he was talking to was, right? Like, that guy could have been some fucking visiting black belt MMA fighter from the front range. Right. Like, you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, we're making all sorts of assumptions just because your average bike rider is not that guy, but, uh, there are those dudes. And so again, it was like smart for Callum, uh, to not, you know, engage just, or escalate. Yes, yeah. exactly, man. You never know. So, but yeah, I, I, I think that's why people aren't afraid of taking an ass whooping because they haven't taken one. Yeah. I know I wasn't, yeah. you know, cause you don't realize how bad it hurts. Yes. <laughs> yes, man. Like I said, I think everybody, you need to get punched in the face once to realize it doesn't hurt as bad as you think it will. And everybody needs to wrestle so that you realize that this is the fucking hardest thing I've ever done and things can go really wrong. You know what I mean? Like, that's the funny thing. Like, people are afraid of getting hit. I mean, would you agree? Like, if you're like, if you're going to say to someone like, you know, hey, you're going to get in a fight. Like, what are you most worried about? Most times getting punched. Punched in the face or something like that. That's not the worst thing, man. No, man. You don't realize how... If you've never grappled in any fashion, you don't realize how, how deep water you can get into how quickly. Oh. You get somebody that's slightly skilled and they get a hold of you. And they have anything resembling a gas tank or something. You are in trouble. Yeah. If you don't have any answers for the, the problems they're giving you. 
Yeah. And it is, it is, it's frightening. Yes. It is really like, oh my God. It's just like when you're a kid and you're, you know, your uncle, your older brother yes. that's 10 years older than you is just holding you down. You know what yeah. I mean? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I know. Yeah. That's, that, that's the funny thing, man. I don't know. I've, I've thought about that for a while. It's like people are afraid of the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's not getting punched in the face. Like that's not that bad. Like you, it can be. It can be. But odds are like your fucking adrenaline is going to kick in and, and you're not going to feel that, it that unless much. Unless they catch you just right and knock you the fuck out. Right. Exactly. But most of the time it's not going to hurt that bad. And uh, or just getting punched, period. You know, they got to catch you just right to take you down. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, but yeah, somebody gets their fucking hands on you, somebody who's bigger than you or knows what the fuck they're doing gets hands on you. And yeah, that's where things get fucking frightening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still moments where like, you know, Randy will go into Hulk, Ke- mode. Hulk mode or, you know, Kevin will be in a particularly sour mood or something like that. And they just start coming fucking hard. And I just realized like, you know, any illusion that I had of equality in this exchange was merely an illusion <laughs> merely an illusion merely an illusion dude I, I i'll admit man like when i'm wrestling with callum he's dude he's a great training partner he, he's really safe he's he's mindful he knows he's 60 70 pounds heavier than i yeah. am he, well, he's he, been training since he was like five, five six, six, yeah, yeah yeah but like when he comes at you a little bit like he moves, yes because he can move like a fucking cat yeah you know he's you know 220 pounds but he moves like he's 130 pounds like it, it's 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 disorienting. It's wired into his system in right. a weird way. Like he grew up doing this, right? So, you know, so he moved like this when he was smaller. So now he still moves like that. Yeah. And dude, like he'll be passing your guard. He just kind of shucks my legs, and I go spinning around like a top. Like, dude, it's frightening. Yeah. I know he's not gonna hurt me, you know, ever intentionally. But dude, it's like, geez, like this is a lot of human being coming at me right quickly and there's not a whole lot i can do to stop it no no and you you really it goes into self-preservation mode you just suck your limbs in so you don't like post on your arm yeah and he falls on it and you know breaks your fucking wrist or something he, like again he wouldn't mean to yeah but that's a lot of mass and momentum and he doesn't do it reckless but still dude it's scary yeah like, it's like jesus fucking christ they I got. I have to protect. Like, where? Where's my neck? Where's my arms? Like, okay, I'm protected. Yeah, because <laughs> there's nothing else you can do. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, it's like, whew, He's just, okay. Yeah, big, fast, and skilled, and yep. it's like, okay, well, okay. I'm just gonna suck everything in and, and okay, try he, to catch an ankle or something. <laughs> catch everything in and let him stop moving. Like, okay, the tornado stopped. Now I can move. Yes. Right? Yeah. You don't try to match it, dude. No, but yeah, but th- that that's the thing, man. You you see that uh, with different training partners and yeah it's uh it's fucking frightening it is dude it is straight up frightening like yeah. i mean again like i like training with them it's fun rounds but it there's definitely a couple times in every round like i'm a little bit scared like oh shit yeah <laughs> it goes away real quick but it's like oh shit oh shit i say oh shit quite a few times yeah yeah but like you said man you realize like man if, if like we were fighting oh you're fucked and calum decided i'm done playing with you you are fucked you're Fucked. You are super fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, and again, it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, man, like, I'm just going to avoid all these situations. <laughs> except on the mat. Uh, except on the mat when we slapped hands. In control. There's a, there's a timer going. There's a timer going, exactly. We have a destination. Yeah, there's five minutes. I'm, I'm safe. Yes. It's not death, it's five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's what makes fucking jujitsu so much good. There was some other shit in that book, though, that he was talking about. At the end, though, he took ayahuasca. That was one of his things. He was using, like, ayahuasca to try to 
create a wedge between consciousness and the universe and hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know, man. What's your... Do you have any, like, desire to do that? Um, I've eaten mushrooms and acid, allegedly, quite a few times in my life. Yeah. No, I mean, like, ayahuasca, though. Um, yeah, if I didn't have to go to the fucking jungle to do it, you know, if it, if it was more readily accessible, yeah. I would do it. I don't have any desire to book a trip to goddamn Costa Rica to some shaman. Yeah, he went to South know. America, yeah, somewhere in like, Peru or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, it's it's. I got some mushrooms in my fridge at home. I could go re- like I could leave here, go home, and go deep, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I could experience quite a bit without having to spend thousands of dollars and spend a week in the Amazon. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just it's intriguing, but yeah. it's not. Well, it's like the you know the the fucking cool new thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is uh. So, yeah, it's funny. I'm always automatically a little wary of what everybody's fucking in on. But, I don't know. It sounds interesting, but I don't know. I'm I'm like you. I'm not running out there trying to book a trip anywhere. No, I mean, obviously I've never done ayahuasca. But, I, dude, I, you, take a, you head up to the mountains here in Colorado and take a good, healthy dose of mushrooms. I'm going to speculate you can experience kind of some of the same shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, you, you can get in touch with the universe, Mother Nature, whatever it is the fucking... Like, you go up camping by yourself, and, dude, and you're out in the middle of the woods with nothing around, and you're to take a healthy dose of, healthy dose of mushrooms. Yeah. Shit's going to get weird. On you. <laughs> it's it's going to get scary, man. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, I remember doing that. We'd go... There's a spot on the Appalachian Trail near where I lived in Pennsylvania, We'd go hike out there and eat mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That was where I first had my my first insight because I was fucking tripping out and it was this rock wall and I don't know, it's probably 20 feet high. But I'm like, I can climb that. I'm going to climb that. All right, go. And I get about three quarters of the way up and I start to realize that like, oh, like this is high. Like if I fucking fall... Like, this is high enough for this to not go well. And I can see the edge there. And, like, you know, I can get there. But I had to, you know, tamp down that fucking fear response. And I got to the top. And I remember realizing, like, dude, it's weird. Like, you only feel, like, you feel most alive, like, when you're closest to death. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it always stuck with me, that, uh, that fucking insight. But, yeah, that was... Uh, I remember think, looking back now, I'm like, that was fucking dumb. That was dumb. <laughs> Eating mushrooms and climbing. That was really dumb. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so that's why you gotta watch the fucking, the woods. Sometimes I'll encourage you to do interesting things, but I mainly sat around and talked to trees and stuff. It's usually the best move. Yeah. Safest. Yeah. Keep your feet on the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, he didn't do, mushrooms wasn't one of them. He did DMT with his wife. Or not, was it? No, ecstasy. Probably ecstasy. Yeah, ecstasy, not DMT. Because DMT is like the... DMT is... Like the ayahuasca. It's like ayahuasca. It's the same molecule. But the... uh, Yeah, I did the ecstasy with his wife for some uh, couples therapy, which, again, was interesting. But, you know, they're just doing the the research Mm -hmm. on using that for, like, post-traumatic stress disorder and different things. And so he was interested on kind of how that worked. But... Yeah, the uh, 
he did a sauna, like a five-hour fucking sauna in Lithuania or something, like some super old-school hmm. uh, sauna. Like sweat ritual. lodge, yeah. Native American sweat lodge type thing. Yeah. They, they would do sweat lodges, but they had peyote involved, right? Like Native Americans. They I guess. Well, I mean, they did it without, too, but it was. I'm sure there was, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, he did say that it was very similar to that and that he had contacted several tribes about writing about their the sweat lodge, mm-hmm. but they were all like, no, we're not, you know, basically they don't want an outsider trying to tell the story of what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. And so that's how I ended up meeting up with some fucking people in the woods of Lithuania for, I think that's where it was, but it was like some, you know, Romania's Eastern European country whatever in my American non-geographical knowledgeable self it's all the same shit um dude I can't even tell you like where like Maine or you know what I mean like that little cluster of states up in the northeast oh I'd have a hard time picking them picking out the right ones yeah you you you, if yeah you showed me a map of the United States and I had to label all the states I'm not getting 100% no 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 I'm not getting 100% uh-huh. no I'd be shocked if I got like over 60 70% <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure I can get half of them but uh, anyway <laughs> we should try it yeah we should we should after this we really should, we should yeah. give it a shot alright but I'm just letting everybody know that my geographical knowledge is just it's like Suspect. it's like you can't be racist if you hate everyone equally that's a good methodology, I guess. Yeah, like you know, it's, so I'm not being uh, whatever overtly racist. Yeah, or yeah. overtly uh, ignorant of world shit. I'm mm-hmm. ignorant of American shit too. Also, I'm just ignorant of geography. So in general, in general, um, but uh, yeah, that was good. And then uh, the kettlebell passing, and then the Wim Hof breathing. Mm-hmm. And so, have you done like the full on? I, I used to like I was into it there for a while and. So I'm aware of it, but I, I don't practice it. What did right you now. get like your breath holds up to? I don't remember, man. Nothing no. spectacular, man. Like, no. Yeah. I can't huh. remember. Interesting. Because he always does it. He hold it on the exhale. Exhale. Which is a different thing. It's a different thing. Yeah. yeah and I was doing, a, you know, kind of some. I was doing some breathing practice the other day, and I do that right, like, well, I breathe out for a count of ten, hold for a count of ten, back in. You know, I'll do that while I'm stretching. You know, here and there. But yeah, you dude, even that, like as I was doing that, I was like, dude, my breathing, like my breath hold sucks. It, you know, yeah. Like, like I, I couldn't hold my breath for a minute right now. I'd have to practice. You know, you yeah. Know what I mean, it's, well, that was the the interesting thing, man. I got do my longest. I started doing it this week, and I never really done like the actual like Wim Hof breathing. And it's it's basically like thirty to forty breaths where it's a a, a hard inhale. And then just like a release of an exhale, and so isn't like, it the other way around? Like a hard exhale and then a re- no. The way that he's doing it now is is this. Like I got his app here. Oh, did you? Yeah, they actually they have this fucking part where he'll like count you through it and go breathe in, breathe out, and they got this breath going. He's like, you know, go with the flow of the breath, and he's like coaching you through the breathing. Is it a free app or did you have to pay yeah. for it? Is yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, it's a free app and the breathing, the guided breathing is like free right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but my buddy Mark, the guy who, he used to live in Vegas and now he lives in uh, in New York outside of, um, where's the fucking baseball hall of fame? Anyways, Cooperstown. There you go. But uh, he, he got the program. He's got a 10 week program mm-hmm. and it's on sale right now for half off. So he was like, well, I'm going to do this. 
so he's doing it and he starts texting me and he's he's like sending me pictures and he's like he's, you know holding his breath for like fucking five minutes and he said he got up to an eight minute breath hold it's fucking badass dude. and he's like yeah he's like dude the cold showers are like nothing like i i look forward to them they're they don't they're not cold anymore and i'm and again this dude's a pretty straight shooter you know he's not one of these guys that just like like he's, he's more, not trying to sell you yeah, crystals and shit yeah yeah either. dude he's more a straight shooter than me like i get more hyped on shit more easily than he does mm-hmm. and so i was like all right man i'll try it so i downloaded the app and uh i did the breathing and man my first time i did it, i held for like a minute 45 damn dude that's on, good on my thumb i got up to like 245 and so yeah. All right, I gotta try. I'm downloading that shit today. I gotta give it a shot. Yeah, dude, on the exhale, man, you you be there, you're like, and again, it's not you're not pushing all out like that. He 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 has a couple of videos that kind of coach you through it, and that's like the important thing. Like, there's a difference between like pushing air out and just relaxing. Like, like that's just relaxing, right? Like, you're not forcing. Yeah. Like and everything. Yeah, yeah. You're just in breathe in and then relax, and breathe in and relax, and so the the rhythm and then you know gets going and then you just relax and then you don't take another breath in and so it's not a full full exhale but it is on the exhale like you're not taking a deep breath in and holding and yeah i'm with you man like if you told me right now like i'll give you a million dollars to hold your breath for a minute just normal i probably couldn't couldn't do it it. i probably couldn't do it no no but if i did the wim hof thing i can easily do like a minute minute and a half without like any real problems all right I th- dude because i've looked at his programs before yeah like that that 10 week program yeah I, mean, I think it sells for like 300 bucks it right? does it's yeah you can get it almost yeah it's yeah. like you get for like 140 bucks right now okay yeah right. i'll look at i've considered it yeah because i know there's a lot of value in a breath work and it's one of those things i've threatened to pursue on more than one occasion yeah well I you'll just, like this will be more engaging for you like yeah. meditating or whatever yeah. is like you know it's there but this will be more engaging yeah. yeah, I might have to, I might have to check it out. Dude, it's a trip, man. And then I I started applying the breathing to the cold showers. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like it's a totally different experience. I used to get in the cold and try to like control my breathing like Yeah. Like stay nice and calm, right? But man, if you just do the Wim Hof and you're just like <sighs> you know, you sound like a fucking bellow or whatever, just you know, going and you get in and you just keep the breathing going and uh yeah, it's interesting. Like, it still feels cold, right? But it doesn't register as unpleasant. It's more interesting. Hmm. Like, you've you've wedged the the response. And, you know, because get a cold shower. You're not going to fucking die from that. Right. So why are you, like... Why are you all tense, like, yeah. squeezing everything? Yeah. Like, thinking that's going to help you get through. Right, yeah. yeah. So his, his deal, the way he has it in the little bit I've been going through, like, you do your regular shower... In fact, I think he actually recommends doing warm to kind of get the blood to the surface and mm-hmm. then doing the cold. Like that's, you know, the, the the preferred way of doing it. And so just at the cold, at the end of your shower, uh, turn it cold. And he's got like the 20-day shower challenge. Like start with five seconds and build up. But man, you, you get the breathing going and you apply it to the, to the cold. And it's a totally different thing. Because hmm. I did the cold shower thing for a while. Like, I did the whole 21 day. Like, I was going for like a couple months, and dude, it was just miserable. And I, just, I had to quit. So I'm like, I'm not seeing any results. And it's, I fucking am not looking forward to my showers. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Like, All right, here we go. Right. But this makes it more manageable. But dude, I'm laying there, like, doing the breathing, and like, my 
fucking fingers and toes are tingling and you're just like yeah it's like it's really weird i was blown away the first time my very first hold i held it for over a minute and i was just like what the fuck man like that's crazy all right you you pretty much got me sold camera app check it out yeah, get the app and just yeah. at least try the try the app uh, a couple days of the the breathing. But yeah, he's got the, the sale on the program and all that. But and I think he's got different breathing patterns and techniques. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's the thing with the course is each week he covers a different you know theme uh, with the breathing. And so uh, yeah, I'm gonna start it next week. Me and Kelly are gonna do it together. I got her Sweet. trying it. But yeah, all right. Well, that's. That was my, my fucking training related thing. The book and then the Wim Hof hmm. breathing. It's got me interested. Yeah, Let's yeah, it, it got me interested, and then I was I was pretty impressed. So it's uh, yeah, if you guys are checking, it's free out. Check it out. The the guided bubble breathing. It's it's funny, man. The way like I said, you got an old Wim coaching you through he's, it. He's, dude, listening to him talk so funny. Yeah. He's like, if you're feeling tingling in your toes or your fingers or you feel your body temperature changing, it's okay. <laughs> he's crazy. He's uh, like, I would love to meet him in person. Like, he, he just seems infectious. Like, he's just got this yeah. personality and this energy about him, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, he, he's, he's a personality for sure. I'd like to, now I'm definitely interested. I would like to go do a Wim Hof breathing seminar or workshop or whatever and you know one he's running would be even better but uh yeah i'll be interested so next week you'll have a few insights under your belt so i know i mentioned it to randy last night and he's all into that shit he does the wim hof breathing does he yeah so he uses a lot like when he's getting into the cold lakes and rivers and stuff you know using it to just not be cold so yeah, I was having to use it yesterday uh, playing with Z. We had the sprinkler going, cold-ass fucking water. And he's like, do this and run around. He's like, you know, getting all, like, run around the sprinkler eight times and then jump over it four times. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here we go. And I'm just like, <sighs> using the breathing to like, but, you know, it works. You're not sitting there freezing. So, hmm. yeah, creating that wedge, man. That's, uh, it's an important thing. Stimulus and response. Yeah. And then just to like use, you know, a lot of like, we, you know, we've talked a lot about before, like how you frame things. Like that's kind of that third part of it that you can use is like, how do you, was this good or bad? You know? And so, uh, yeah, even like, uh, you know, just make the way that they explained it is like you have an experience and you tie like an emotional, uh, symbol, like, you know, with, that experience so so when you go back and you think about that experience or you go to have that experience again and your brain goes through its file index and pulls a car like oh yeah i've had this experience before it's not just the experience itself but also the emotion that you attached to that experience that comes with it and so if you don't purposefully uh you know make sure that the emotion creates some sort of wedge where that uh and that's where like the the drugs and a lot of the you know dealing with like past trauma or or whatever is like it dulls that response so you don't have to deal with it yeah it gives you a chance to create a wedge somehow between that so like you've got this this 
irrational response, emotional response to a situation, right? And you don't even realize it. It's like, man, why do I always get, you know, so upset when X happens? It doesn't make any sense. Or why do I get so nervous? Like, you know, like public speaking, right? Like people get scared of public speaking. Like, well, why? You know, like what, have you ever been almost died doing it? You know what I mean? It's like, so the, that emotional response that people have, like they, they, they pull that card and it's like, man, I was terrified the last time that I went up to speak. So speaking is terrifying. And so the, it, creating that wedge between that, and that's like, like I said, like that's where they're talking about like the drugs, the even like, cause PTSD is basically, there's no wedge between the stimulus and the response, like how you're interpreting something, you know, you hear a, a car backfire and someone who's suffering from PTSD hears a gunshot going off mm -hmm. and like, you know, everything starts going crazy because they don't have that, that wedge that like they, the, their body pulls the experience, their brain pulls the experience of a loud bang. Well, what's the emotion that I also associate with a loud bang? Oh, fucking, you know, roadside bomb and my buddy's getting blown up. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, how do we detach that emotion from that experience because you're going to hear loud bangs in society now how do you do it and not automatically go there and respond there and that's where you know like they're finding the drugs and stuff some something allows it that wedge to be created that you know years of therapy uh is you know supposed to be able to do as well so um just kind of fast forwards that response somehow <laughs> but but just kind of that idea of like, oh yeah, like it's not just the experience, it's also the emotion I'm attaching to the experience. So like when you're doing your cold showers, what's the emotion you have, right? Like you have fun and is this, okay, man, this is cool, all right, yeah, you know? Right, let's get a suck, here oh, we go. All right, get it going, man, you know? Where's the fucking bath salts? Or whatever, <laughs> smelling salts. Fuck salts. Yeah. <laughs> that might be, there's your wedge That'll right change your experience right there, man. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Oh man. I know I was watching something actually like just last night on uh there's a case where some lady fucking went crazy and like killed one of her neighbors and it was just all she did was smoke weed and they're just like, you know I, no one's saying that, man. They're all like there was something else. Like the the thing was is she didn't get drug tested mm -hmm. and so they weren't ever able to actually say this is what she had in her <clears> system and so when they went to try her you know they didn't have that in the defense and so she was you know the tried is not is just having smoked weed mm -hmm. or something like that and and so uh but yeah that was the thing i remember one of the guys was like oh it looks like you know fucking laced it with bath salts or something like that <laughs> so anyways when I, I think that's why i was in my head Top but as mind. soon as i said it i was like no 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 that's not what you want <laughs> that's not what we're looking speaking for. of power power lifter yeah like some uh smelling salts um once we get done recording um i want half thor you know the mountain yes he was going for his world record deadlift today i think it was at 945 oh, really? on youtube it was live he was going to lift 501 kilos whoo man 500 kilos is a 501 11 yeah, 2.2 pounds per. So we're here. I'd be 110. Hmm, quick, instead of guessing, we'll just do the fucking math. 501 times 2.2. 1,102.2 pounds. Yeah. He was, that's, he was going for it today. So I'm excited once we hit, <sighs> once we hit stop, I'm going to get on YouTube and see if he did it. Man, that's crazy. It's fucking... Whew. I got that... Uh, yeah. 
I've got the ebook, but that Deadlift Dynamite with uh, Pavel and I forget the guy's name, but he was one of the. I mean, there's not there's just a handful of people on the fucking planet that can deadlift a half a ton. Mm-hmm. It is uh, very few. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's not a common feat. No. So, dude, that is so much fucking weight. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, that was that was actually a good book. Um, just on deadlifting and shit, but the the technique on how to lift more weight, you got to get the good hinge going because the hinge is your your like grind pattern for mm-hmm. picking shit up off the ground. The more you squat it, the more those knees push forward, and the more you start squatting it, the the weaker you are. Like keeping those shins vertical is that important thing. So that's what you got to practice when you're doing your swings. So I released my atomic strength training program this week. Did you? Yeah. Nice. To the mountain biking world. Sweet. Yeah. It's been pretty well received. Sold mm-hmm. some copies. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I did a webinar on Wednesday on it, but while I was doing it, it was, it's funny how like I, I, I just start talking about shit and then I figure shit out while I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like one of the things that I realized is, you know, you look back throughout the history of physical training and isometrics have been part of that for as long as we know right yoga is one of the one of the oldest forms of isometric training well i'm just saying it's like one of the oldest forms of physical training known to man Mm -hmm. and original yoga had a large element of isometric uh training in it and then you know steve maxwell talked about the uh like the spartan archers would draw their bows and hold them you know, I've seen the Kung Fu masters holding the clay pots for time. That's isometrics. Uh, I remember reading up on like, you know, what did the ancient Greeks do for strength training? And one of the things that they would do was, uh, I remember at the time I was so terribly disappointed because I was like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. We all know that doesn't work. But they would have these heavy metal plates that they would grab and hold in front of them for time. Mm-hmm. That was one of their, their things. They had these like rudimentary dumbbells and shit. But I remember thinking like, God damn it, front holes, there's nothing there. And, uh, but, you know, and even back in like the 60s or 70s, you had uh, like the power rack was originally created for isometrics. Mm-hmm. And so you had isometrics being used by power lifters and Olympic weightlifters. And then, so what happened, right? Like why is, why is isometrics, which has been part of physical culture for as long as man has had a physical culture and has served us so well through all this time, you know, what happened? Why is it, like, out of favor? Like, why do people not really know how to do it? Because it's tough and it's not sexy. Tough and not sexy. And then who's also I, the other popular thing to blame everything on? Our buddy, Joe Weider. <laughs> bodybuilding. But if you think about they were, it... Dude, they were... Early bodybuilders were using quite a bit of isometrics. Right, but here's the early bodybuilders. Flex, flexing is well, isometrics. isometrics, right. Posing. Yeah, posing is. All right, but... Um, early bodybuilders also competed as Olympic weightlifters. Like right, early right. bodybuilding competitions were also put on in conjunction with Olympic weightlifting competitions. Mm-hmm. And so they would compete in both or powerlifting right. as well. Mm-hmm. And so you, early bodybuilders did use isometrics, but they were using them as a carryover from their, their athletic training. As soon as they scrapped the athletic portion and it was just all bodybuilding and physique training, like, you never really heard about isometrics. You know, that was not one of the weeder principles, to my knowledge. It may have been. They had, like, 56 of them. But <laughs> um, but if you think about it, right, like, look at the research. What does the research say? Isometrics don't build muscle. 
right? Like that's one of the things they build strength, but they don't necessarily build muscle. Like you can have that reaction. I remember you actually put on some weight Mm -hmm. when you started doing it, but typically speaking, you're not going to see a lot of weight gain and muscle gain from isometric training. Right. So if you have a sport that muscle mass is the number one goal and you have a training method that muscle mass is not what it does. It's going to fall out of favor. Right. Like the kettlebell, right? Mm -hmm. Like in, in all these other things that we're quote unquote rediscovering and realizing like, oh, well we scrapped a lot of really cool things in the name of bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. that dark period where bodybuilding was strength training and strength training was bodybuilding. And that was just what we all thought it was. So when you think back, it makes sense. Like why, you know, what happened? Why did it fall out of favor? And it's like, oh, that is probably what happened. Like if you're, you, I would argue, I'm sure you'd agree that you can use isometrics as a part of a muscle building program. But you're not gonna like emphasize isometrics as a centerpiece of a muscle building program necessarily. Correct. And so that's why you know again it just kind of got put to the wayside, and now again it's just you know you don't see it as much. But coming back in the atomic strength training system, it's good. Good time too because if gyms aren't gonna open up and not gonna be as accessible, like you don't need shit for equipment at home to partake in a good isometric program no you know, you know what i mean you can do it with minimal equipment yeah Mi- very minimal you can yeah. do a lot of really good isometric holds and you can resist you know overcoming isometrics or yielding isometrics yeah different you know like and yeah if you're training at home that's a great tool yeah yeah between body weight and your jiu-jitsu belt you can yeah. do a shit ton shit add ton. in some strength bands There's some and, bands yep yeah. i like doing like i'll do get the real thick band and do shrugs mm-hmm. and isometric hold with the shrugs uh, yeah. <laughs> try to hold that band fuck yeah mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. yeah you can get so creative with it and uh it is such a good way to build strength with minimal equipment but uh, and sure if you're short on time yeah like, if you just go out there and don't fuck around like i'm gonna do these isometric exercises Get a stop and get a stopwatch going. Yeah. And again, it's that you need both, right? You need isometric and you need movement based training. But the thing is, is we get a lot of movement based training from our sport already. Mm-hmm. And so the isometrics, you want to make sure that you're at least doing that. And then you can add in other workouts. Like that's the other cool thing with isometrics is it's, it can be a standalone program, but it can very easily be integrated into another. Like you can do CrossFit and still have an isometric training component. Like you, you know, yeah, you're probably not going to get it at your CrossFit workouts, so you're going to have to have a couple days a week that you're going to do isometric training. But the the energy expenditure and the wear and tear you're putting on your body is so minimal that it's it's just well worth the the investment. It's not like doing another CrossFit workout or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a, a cheap investment, such a low hanging fruit. So, anyways, I haven't pounded on the isometric drum in a while, so I thought I'd. It's good to pop that drum once in a while. Yeah, it is, man. It's one of those things like we take it for granted. I've, I've thought back, man. There's so much shit we've talked about on this podcast over the last two plus years that we just, we take for granted, you know? We get this curse of knowledge and like, man, we've been doing isometrics for so long that we just kind of take them for granted and then you realize like, man, yeah, the vast majority of people are still, uh, you know, maybe ISO curious. So it's... uh but anyways, yeah, it's good. Got got something out there to help people get going. Steve Maxwell's got some good stuff. 
Nice. I never heard any more from the Dragon Door. Remember their training tool? Yeah, the, where yeah, it had like a meter that you could yeah. measure your force output or yep. something. I, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it didn't quite take off. Yeah, was it was expensive. It was expensive as hell, like 500 bucks to for something that yeah you can do Without much cheaper, <laughs> much cheaper. So cool, well, cool man. Well, let's, let's call it a wrap. Let's call it there. Eat a little something to your train. Let's do it, man. Cool. All See right. you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. They shoes, no trace of the tools Shaped in your face, fuck the rules Snooze, you lose One eye always open, it times two No clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude Till the end is near, beware There's consequences, but what you do To me, you demon The devil of many levels I keep on beating For several of them rebels Me, myself, he died Myself, he died